Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. All right, Brewer fans, welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast. This is Craig, and joining me is Vince. How are you doing today? Hey, Craig. I'm doing great, man. How are you? Got some baseball fever? Absolutely. Well, uh, we're past the greatest day of the year, which is the day that pitchers and catchers report <laughs> and spring. Uh, yeah. Winter I was is say opening day and 4th of July are like my my and, and pitchers and catchers report. Those are like the top three for me, for sure. Yep. So winter is, in my opinion, officially over at that point, especially there in Houston. It's easier to say that there's still snow coming at <laughs> me here in Wisconsin, but that's all right. Um, yeah, Craig, I hate to tell you and our listeners that are based up in Wisconsin this, but we did turn on the air conditioner today, uh, and the weather is balmy. I'm wearing shorts right now. It's, it's, it's pretty nice, I have to have to admit. So any Brewer fans that are listening and stuck up in Wisconsin's uh, snow or maybe more inclement weather, you're more than welcome to, to visit uh, us down here in Texas. Awesome. Yeah, and hopefully Brewer fans get down to Arizona for some spring training. Hopefully we're able to do that later later uh, in the yeah. spring, what we'll see, and maybe some inside reports from uh, down at, in, in Maryvale for the Brewers, but we'll see. Um, before all that, though, as spring training did kick off, um, I guess this little topic is a kind of a hot take thing, but uh, obviously the Brewers went to arbitration with their um, – best pitcher in baseball and ace Carbon Burns, and they somehow won their arbitration case, uh, which was uh, about $700,000 apart. Um, and so coming out of that, um, Carbon Burns, uh, to a reporter, uh, expressed his displeasure with the process of arbitration, which I guess no one likes to begin with, but specifically mentioned that the ties um, – you know, the relationship with him and the Brewers are somewhat damaged. I guess it's kind of verbatim of what he said. Um, what is your take on this? Obviously, Burns is under, con- you know, our control this year and next through arbitration. Mm-hmm. And become an unrestricted free agent. What is What do you think this means? And what is your take on this, I guess? Um, you know, I, I've tried to take a couple days since this has happened uh, to kind of reflect on this and see if maybe my initial knee-jerk reaction was off and unfortunately i I don't think it is it seems as though um the brewers made an incredibly poor decision uh to to take him arbitration i guess not because of the money i understand that that's part of the business of baseball but my my real problem with this is the way that at least corbin at least frames what the brewers said within the arbitration hearing itself and i understand that you know some of that may be sour grapes and i'm certainly not just knee-jerk against what the club has to do in these arbitration hearings but in this case it seems like they really made a point of attacking Corbin's on a level that I am personally uncomfortable with as a fan and blaming him for essentially not making the playoffs uh, was the quote that Corbin mentioned to some of our media colleagues uh, on the ground there in Arizona and uh, I am very uncomfortable with that and clearly uh, you know I don't know that it was terribly likely that Corbin Burns was ever going to resign here in Milwaukee, uh, one of the top premier pitching talents in baseball. But I will say this, I think that the odds of him resigning here with the Brewers on a contract extension went from, you know, say 10% to maybe 1% uh, 
uh, at this point. So I, I think that it's unfortunately created a situation where he may have also essentially lowered his value in trade negotiations that the Brewers may conduct with other teams regarding him. We know that he's not going to be able to resign with the Brewers. I don't know um, to what extent. I, I think that it puts the Brewers in the position of having, you know, to either win with him within the window of his contract, which is this 2023 season and 2024 season, um, or trading him um, at some point within that window uh, or who knows what. So hopefully hopefully there's something that can be done. I hope that it doesn't affect the on-field performance. I don't think it will. I think that he is a, you know, he's a competitor. He's going to want to win this year with the Brewers. And I think that he will be able to, to hopefully separate some of the things that happened off the field from his on-field performance. But you also do have to wonder if it perhaps does start to affect things on really tough enough to not let that bother him. But um, he, by taking the unusual step of attending that hearing in person, um, you know, did did indicate that he's at least invested on some level, uh, probably more than just the financial side of it uh, in, in the outcome. And it, it wasn't good. And, worse, and, and best case scenario, I, I think that it was a terrible PR day for the Brewers. It was like there was this excitement for pitchers and catchers to report. You know, everybody was really excited about the new season starting and you get these images of guys like William Contreras showing up. It's their first day in a Brewers uniform. You see, you know, other guys, Brandon Woodruff looks early in camp. And, uh, all these exciting pictures coming back. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, by the way, we <laughs> also got to do a public, very public spat with our best pitcher, our ace, one of the best pitchers in baseball. Oh, and by the way, uh, uh, Ashby is going to be hurt to make the first couple months of the year. Oh, by the way, Jason Alexander is going to be out for the first couple months of the year. It was just not a good couple of days to start the camp for our Milwaukee Brewers. That came off of a very difficult, uh, very poor offseason, my opinion, outside of the league contributing. Yeah, I mean, first, let's just start by saying Corbin Burns is hands down the best Brewer to ever, our best starting pitcher to ever don a Brewer uniform, kind of hands down, in my opinion. He's right now the best pitcher in baseball, arguably. And, you know, Cy Young Award winner. Um, my first reaction is it would have been great, in spite of, like, the albatross of the Yelich contract, for the Brewers to sign Corbin to an extension, even if it meant costing us other guys like Hader, who's already gone, or Woodruff, or... And, and all that, uh, and, and possibly, I mean, it would have been worth it to me to lock him up as a core piece of your future. I mean, if you have an ace at the front of your staff, I think that's one of the most valuable things a contending team can have, um, in my opinion. And so it, that was my hopes. Um, and when I first heard this news, it's like, what are they doing? I mean, obviously, there's going to be negotiations forthcoming and they've burned a bridge here. This seems like a really tor- horrible idea to do for something, something less than a million dollars over haggling yeah. less than a million dollars for this guy who on the yeah. open market will get way more than that. And I mean, if you look at some of these salaries pitchers are getting, I mean, I think even the guys closer to 40, like Scherzer and Verlander are getting, getting something like $40 million per season on short-term deals, obviously, but yeah. you, you're talking yeah. – when Corbin does hit the open market, he's going to command probably 
a long-term deal at something like around 35 plus million a year, um, which is pretty absurd. So mm -hmm. I think the bottom, so that my first thing in this is what are you doing? Why would you do this Brewers? But after having it settle in a little bit, now, my now my my take on understanding it, and again, this is pure speculation, was that this signals to me that the Brewers and Cormorans have already sat down at negotiating and said, okay, what is it going to take to sign you long term? And maybe even something like, what is it going to take just to buy out your first year or two of free agency so that we can have you for the next couple of years at least before you're a free agent? And I think that those negotiations probably went poorly and the brewers realized that they wouldn't even be able to pull that off either there was no interest in corbin's part or there was they were so far off in the dollar amount which is most likely both that uh it just became a reality at that point that the brewers were not going to be able to sign corbin burns to as a small market team with their current payroll and what like to a long-term extension. Now, obviously, if we have a that, long that, no, no, let's, money, let's, let's, I'm sorry to interrupt, Craig, but just we should say we can sign him. We just choose not to. I mean, we have the money to do things like this. The Brewers are still not spending enough money, in my opinion. They're not spending the money, even if they're getting from other teams, just through revenue sharing plus our TV deal. If you add up those two things, the Brewers still the Brewers payroll is still underneath just the amount of money that's coming from those two factors. So, uh, just to be clear. Um, on, yeah. on the ability to, to spend. Like we talk about small markets a lot, but you know, you also have ownership that's not willing to invest in the team. And that to me is a bigger problem. But I, I to, to your point, yeah, I, I'm not, not disagreeing that they probably had some sort of conversations that didn't necessarily go well. Although Corbin did say publicly that the Brewers never even approached him to negotiate on this deal for this arbitration hearing itself, that they hardly had any discussions at all. Uh, he, he's quoted uh, saying that to our colleague, Adam McKelvey, um, as he walked into camp in Phoenix. Wow. And so, that, so if that, if that's true, that's pretty shocking. And I just do not, as a Brewer fan, this is very disheartening because I, I think that Carbon Burns is good as gone at this point. It was probably reality anyway, if you really think about the fact that at, at, did we really as fans think that we were going to give Carbon Burns like a nine year, $300 million contract, which paid him. 33 to $35 million a year for up, you know, that long, that's a huge risk for, for our type of franchise and most likely something that we've never done before. And we're, you know, y'all, y'all contract was the closest thing to that ever. And obviously we're being burned by that already. And I already have, uh, you know, six plus years on that contract still. I mean, I don't, I just think they'd be gun shy to even do that, especially with an arm like burnt. I mean, so I think the reality is it was that we were just going to control them for the next year, two years, and that's it. So it's it's unfortunate, but it's probably the reality of things. So now the next, you know, I'm sure we're going to have many future podcasts and lots of talk radio and walking about when's the best time to trade Corbin Burns because as a small market team, we can't just let them, you know, let them go to free agency and walk and you know take a pick for them or something like that we're going to have to try to trade them probably for a package. Or that would be the sensible thing to do at some point, whether it's next off season or it's at one of the next two trade deadlines. I think, unfortunately, he'll be gone. And and I guess how the Brewers are contenders or not, it'll dictate when when he'll be moved and for what type of package. But yeah, that's unfortunate. I, I I disagree with that a little bit, not because it's not because your logic is flawed, but I think there's also value in hanging on to him if we're 
good enough within that window. Unfortunately, I don't think that our talent level is necessarily there to justify it. But, you know, you could have made the argument that we should have kept Hader. I, I certainly don't have any confidence in this front office, of which Matt Arnold was a part, to maximize value in these trades. Do you? I mean, look at the return that we got for Josh Hader. I'm, you know, somewhat optimistic about a few of the pieces that we got. But honestly, that was a very underwhelming trade to me for the best closer in baseball. What makes what makes you think that we would do any better with the best or one of the best starters in baseball? I mean, that's a great question. Uh, I mean, for, for, for me, I'd just as soon make a run with them and see what happens and get the compensatory, you know, draft picks. Or I guess that, that they change with the CBA. But I, I would I would much rather have Corbin Burns on my team than not. I don't think you're going to trade for anybody that's ever going to match what he can do for you. Um, so, I, you know, unless we're in complete tank mode, I would I would still be of the mindset to add for the next season. Um, and then if you have to rebuild, you do. And I know that that goes against the competitive every year, bite at the apple strategy. But, uh, you know, you come up with more creative ways to remain competitive after that point, but that doesn't mean that you that you punt on the next couple of years with Corbin Burns under contract. I mean, what are we playing for if we're not going to try to win? Yeah, that's why I think last year's – the. The hater trade came out of the blue, blindsided all fans. And in a year that we were in first place in the division above the Cardinals at the time of the trade, you know, it, it really thought that, well, we were going to have them all, all of 2022 and try to, you know, go for a deep playoff run. We were going to have them for at least up to the trade deadline of 2023. If we were still contending, we'd just keep them up until the postseason. Hopefully we made the postseason with them. Or if we were out of contention the next July, uh, we would trade them at the deadline and still get a decent – package made a lot of sense but now by trading on last trade deadline it kind of threw all the plans out the window and and now it seems to me that the brewers aren't seriously going into 2023 looking to contend because with all the moves yeah. we made this offseason i mean and we're I gonna agree. get the I, I mean it's just the moves we made this offseason are not of a contender it's a, of a Pittsburgh Pirates level team that is just trying to fill fill open roster spots, not trying to bring in the best players that they can for the money that they can. And that's really sad to me. And and so I guess it's just hard for me to see us contending this year and all next year with Corbin to the yeah. even worth keeping him. So I guess we'll, yeah. we'll have to gauge yeah. that on on what's what his value is and what we can get for him. But it's really sad to me to that to know that the best pitcher in the Brewers have ever had is not going to be with us for more than the next two years maximum and most yeah. likely most, most likely yeah. less. So that's just sad. And not- yeah, that is that is sad. And I, I agree with your general take on our kind of piecemeal approach. It seems like at best we're kind of doing like the the nineties to late nineties to you know late two thousand ten bucks model where it was like, you know, let's be competitive every year ish and get eliminated in the playoffs in the first round we're lucky because we're that eighth seed, you know, and I think that that's sort of the Brewers mentality has been, Hey, if we make the postseason, we're doing well and we've got a chance. And, you know, I guess to a point that that's true, you've seen other teams like the Braves and the Nationals, as we talked about before win world championships, even in years where I don't think that they were the best team in baseball. But that being said, I don't know that that model is over the course of a long period of time, the best model to pursue because, I don't know that we ever have the talent to get past a certain point. And other teams in the division will catch up with us at some point. I I certainly think that the Cardinals have a 
lot of talent going into this year. You and I were talking in our pre-production meeting about, you know, the rest of the division. I, yeah, I've kind of gone back and forth whether the Brewers are, you know, going to finish in the middle of the pack or a little higher or not. But, you know, I think that they're still good enough this year where you could certainly justify the Brewers going out and getting some bats. And then I think that we're better than St. Louis if we just had a slightly above average offense in some ways. And I just, it's so frustrating, as we said on other podcasts, to have, you know, probably the best top three rotation in Brewers history right now under contract and probably the most depth in the starting rotation in Brewers history when you consider, you know, guys like Eric Lowry, the four-starter, that's pretty darn good, especially compared to Brewers history. I think he would have been an eighth in many years. And that that's the problem that I, as I see it. I think that we've got this unique window and we're not doing anything about it. And it's, it, it really stinks. I love Williams Contreras. That's a great pickup. But honestly, when your next best pickup over the offseason is Jesse Winker, um, I don't even know that that replaces Hunter Renfro's level of production. So it's just a very frustrating level level of, in my opinion, treading water or even incompetence in the Brewers front office right now. And I, it's, it's disheartening, you know, as diehard fans. I really, really want to look to this in October of 2023 and laugh and be proven wrong and admit very publicly that I don't do this for a living because I don't know what I'm talking about. I, I definitely want to be wrong about all of this stuff. And I really hope that I am, but it just seems like this offseason has just been a disaster for the Brewers from both an on-field baseball perspective and a off-field PR nightmare. As well. Yeah, it, it's, and I keep using the same terms every year, like dumpster diving or hitting the bargain bin, but we're, we're literally waiting till the end. We're not being proactive. We're waiting till the end of each offseason and waiting yep. till all, all yep. the good players, all the desirable players are signing with other teams. Yep. Even uh, yep. uh, like even as an example, like someone like Will Myers is signed with a non-contending Reds team. Uh, yep. And I mean, we couldn't even afford to, to that, that tier of free agent. We have to wait until the absolute like no one wants these guys type level. Uh, and that's where we're basically at with this offseason. It's really sad and pathetic in my opinion. And we have not yeah. our it, offense from last year at all. We're just piecemealing yeah. together a roster and hoping for the best. I, I mean, at this point, it's literally like, we'll just bring a bunch of guys to spring training and see if they can compete for their jobs and roster spots, which sometimes yeah. good can come out of that. But I mean, seriously, look at the overall talent of the, the hitters that we're bringing into this offense and it's just, it's just not there. I mean, the only upgrade we're no, I agree. catcher, I mean, and, and that's via the trade. I mean, that's yeah. literally the only good move in my opinion we've made the entire off season was that trade, yeah. which I think we hands down won that trade, but beyond yeah, that, this is, this is all that. just like, you know, just picking up a bunch of stuff, you know, and seeing if it'll stick. It, it's just, so yeah, I guess that, that, that's been the Stern's approach. I mean, and for many seasons, yeah. I, you know, I know that I probably sounded harsh, but there was a number of fans on our social media that, um, you know, we have that have been talking to us about, well, the offseason's not done and we're still making our moves and all this stuff. Well, that's been being said since the week or two after the World Series ended, and I'm still waiting for that move. And going back to – this has been a very consistent thing. Going back into the 2019, 2019 to 2020 offseason, the Brewers signed Avi Garcia, which he's a meh player to me. You know, he's fine, but nothing too special. And then we replaced him with Hunter Renfro, who was like, eh, meh, like I think we got a little worse. And then – we replaced Hunter Renfro with Winker, who I think is worse than Renfro. It's like, 
every year we just keep getting the same type of player, but just even that, even for players I don't necessarily like a ton, it's like a slightly lesser version of that player. It's just, it's incredibly frustrating with reactive dumpster diving approach. And it seems like the Brewers have either so many plans that they can't ever execute or they never plan at all. And they're totally reactive. I can't tell which one it is, <laughs> but I know it's not leading to successful off seasons. Um, so, and, and again, hopefully I'm proven wrong. Hopefully, hopefully the off season, of course, is not where you win or lose all the time. So hopefully this turns into a successful season. That's I'll just leave it at that, I guess. But yeah, it's been, been very frustrating. Yeah, you've used the term frustrating many times, and as you and most of the Brook Review other hosts know, I have a very low frustration threshold. Um, yeah. And so um, it is very frustrating to be a Brook fan. And what's really frustrating is pitchers and catchers all excited. Spring going to start. Um, you know, hope spring is eternal, and then immediately gets thrown a bucket of cold water by having our ace pitcher come say hey, that birthday that we've Corbin <laughs> burned the bridge um with uh, you know like it's sorry yeah I'll, I'll show myself out but I mean the, the yeah. no no that was good so speak speak of other hosts where I'd like to hear Scotty and uh, Chad's opinions are are they on they're so frustrated they can barely speak a lot, of them, oh a lot of them are like done with baseball and possibly life I'm not sure so um oh dear it's tough but um, speaking of uh, bargain bin shopping, let's segue that to our, our, our next topic. Yeah. And that is Sounds good. Um, the Brewers have given a minor league deal and an invitation to spring train to right-handed hitting first base slash DH slash can't play in the field, uh, Luke Voigt. Formerly of Luke Voigt. Padres and Nationals and Cardinals over the last couple of years. Um, now, again... He's- Let's let's try to put a positive. Let's start with trying to put a positive spin on this because, like we said, hope springs eternal. He did lead the majors uh, in home runs during 2020, the pandemic year. So there's that. Um, yep. He does have some kind of like re- reverse platoon splits where he actually hits right-handers better and left-handers, which is kind of odd. Um, yep. He, you know, obviously has power, um, but like I said. I don't feel that we're going to platoon to Laz at this point. I think he's earned every day at bats. So where does that, I think it's more of like Jesse Winker insurance, uh, like injury insurance uh, at this yeah. point. Whereas if he, if he can't, you know, play the field, we'll at least have Voight somewhere to DH. And, and again, we'll, yeah. so I don't hate, I, I have no reason. I have no, re- I have no reason for saying this, but I wonder if Winker showed up to camp a bit out of shape. I, I have no reason to say that, but it's just pure speculation on my part. Well, he has a track record of being off injured. Um, so there's that. So to me, it's like, it's not, I'm not in love with the move by any means. And again, it's just frustrating to be like, oh, great. No one wanted this guy, but of course we'll give him a shot. The, it's it's a no risk signing. Let, let's just, let's start by saying that we, we're not really upfront. It's a minor league deal. So if nothing else, it's a, more of a depth move than anything. But again, this is like, while all the other teams are fielding Major League Baseball talent, it seems as our front office is trying to put together, cobble together an offense the same way you would by finding ringers for the rule softball team. I mean, literally, these guys that we bring in like <laughs> would make great softball players. And I know that, <laughs> that that's endearing 
endearing to people from Milwaukee and you know all the Gorman Thomas lovers and, and all that. But I mean, at some point, uh, we've got to you know have an actual offense with some talent in it. And unfortunately, I just don't see it with these signings. I mean, every year it's like how many times are we going to sign John Singleton um, or guys like Ryan Healy or um, I mean, there's just one. Luke Voigt. I mean, so in reality, if he was given every day at bats, he'd probably hit over 30 home runs. And that's kind of replacing, you know, like some nice power in the lineup if need be. But we're getting that from Telez or hopefully getting that from Winker. I just don't see that bats. I think the number one thing that this signing signals to me is that Keston Hira, who I was hoping would get one more shot at yeah. his age of semi-regular at bats to have a semi-mini breakout to earn himself regular at bats and reestablish himself as a middle of the lineup hitter for this team going forward, since he does have some yep. lots of team control still left. But instead, this probably signals that he's going to be a candidate for a change of scenery because he's going to be a part of a roster squeeze. And he's going to have to literally beat out Voight to get a roster and Mike Broussard probably at to, or I'm sorry, Mike Brousseau to, to even Brousseau to even get out to even make the 26 man roster. Um, yeah, so it's sad. I just feel like this is like probably the final nail in the coffin for Keston as a Brewer, and that'll lead him to a different team. Uh, and possibly they they will be the fruits of his eventual success, which I do believe will happen at some point. I mean, he could if he doesn't fix the holes in his swing, it'll be an all out bust. I get that. And we've given him ample opportunities, but I feel like he really needed one more big opportunity to prove himself. And now I don't think he'll get it. But maybe the maybe on the flip side of that is that during spring training, he now knows that his job, he has no job and he has to fight like hell to make it. And then maybe it'll light a fire on him. He'll have a huge spring. He'll make the team because of the competition that has been uh, put there in place. And so it could be a good thing. I mean, competition is never a big yeah. When, when, you, when you're trying to earn your earn your keep, so to speak. So, um, yeah, I, yeah, you know, Craig, that I, I have articulated many times on this podcast that I am a Castanera supporter. I think that he deserves one more chance. I think that, and I say that for a couple of reasons. Number one is his talent level throughout the system, his pedigree has been good. You know, he's a former number one draft pick. He had great numbers throughout his college minor league you know, high school career going back a long ways. He had a great 2019 debut with Milwaukee. And I think then he had some life stuff that came up with his mom's battle with cancer and other things that certainly could justifiably mess with your ability to concentrate on major league baseball. Um, number two is his age. I still think he's young enough to make some adjustments. And then number three, and this is a big one for me is that, I think the Brewers really mess with his development in, in ways that I would personally not be comfortable doing. And um, that ranges in a variety of different ways. But one is, you know, trying to switch positions. So all of a sudden he was a first baseman and starting to play first base in the big leagues for the first time ever. And um, his yo-yoing between the majors and the minors, and then he would kill it in AAA and then come up for, you know, like five or six games and get in as a pinch hitter a couple games and, have like a one for 10 and his week up at the plate because he couldn't get adjusted as a pinch hitter or maybe a jet leg or who knows what the problems were. And then all of a sudden he's back in the minors because he, you know, hit a buck 20. And I don't think though that he was give, being given these long looks that a lot of other teams would, would probably give one of their top prospects and a, and a guy who's by all accounts a very good pure hitter and has shown the ability to be a pure hitter in the big league. And 
So for my money, I would prefer to stick with Keston. I think that he deserves at least one more chance. And if it didn't work out this year, I'm all on board with, you know, maybe just saying, okay, sorry, it doesn't work out in Milwaukee for you, Keston. But um, there's also that chance that a guy like Keston could break through at any point. And I, I think that for me, at least, it would probably will be very frustrating to see Keston. And I'm using that word again, using seeing Keston, um, when he leaves Milwaukee, go and get regular everyday at bats with another team, probably Tampa because they're super smart. And then he's going to end up, you know, being a three, you know, 20 hitter and showing power and being one of the better offensive uh, bargain bin pickups for, for some other team, not the Brewers. Uh, way, way after, you know, a, a guys who are on our roster that we're going to use instead of casting are gone from Milwaukee. But, you know, who knows? Yeah, so back to the word frustration. I mean, th- I just have that frustrating intuition that he'll go to, if not like a team like the Rays, a rebuilding team like the Pirates or the A's, somewhere that's got a job to give, uh, every day at bats to give the guy, and he'll just completely take off and hit 30-plus bombs a year and find his uh, find himself right before he hits his prime, and the Brewers will just have to watch from afar. And that's what it feels like. It's just – yeah. And it's strange because there's not really anyone that I'm saying he deserves at bats over that is currently on the roster. But I think I just hope that he comes through spring training and, and, and lights lights the spring training on fire or something and is given an opportunity for at bats. I think that's all really he needs. But he's someone I think that needs to get every day at bats. And it's, it's tough to do that with his lack of defensive, uh, not only versatility, but even like a true uh uh, you know, defensive home, so to speak. I mean, and that's with the DH coming to all 30 teams. I do think that Kesson here, yeah. outside of completely busting out altogether, will find a role somewhere in the majors in the next year or two. And the, the Brewers will regret him not, you know, it not happening for us. But there's only so much you can do about that. So it's unfortunate. Yeah. But, uh, and again, the pandemic plays and stuff like this, where like, you know, those years of development that are lost or, you know, uh, it's just some of these young players, it was a very important year that they lost in the minor leagues and whatnot. And Keston, I know, went through a lot of stuff during that time frame. And, and, and he really seemed like a promising middle order header that this franchise definitely needed. And, and just he's just not. And 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 you couple that with Yelich and where he's at. And it's just a frustrating offense, offensive, uh, I guess, situation for the Brewers uh, right now and going forward. Um but with that being said, there's some hope on the horizon. And I think in spring, there's guys like Garrett Mitchell, Sal Freeland, yeah. and uh, Joey yeah. Weimer, and all these guys coming up yeah. that, that, that you know, give us some hope that someone can break through and give us some nice offensive production, Bryce Trang even. Yeah. So, so I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's one of the reasons, too, why you may want to keep Corbin, you know, and 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 make a, make a run at, you know, maybe – a bigger name at the trade deadline and add to the roster this year. Who knows? I mean, that's, that is my hope. If there is any optimism going into this year, I, I agree that some of these young guys, I, I don't know that we're ready to totally rely on them yet just because of their age, but there is a lot of talent there. And I think that that's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And and the one guy I even forgot to mention is Jackson Trio, who is in, universally in the top five prospects in all baseball right now as is the time of year, all those type of lists are coming out. And that is a, a nice little preview for our next podcast where we'll be going, Brandon, our minor league analyst for the better parts of yeah. the last 15 years, um, will be joining us once again. Uh, 
or 15 plus years actually wow um or no that's not how long have we been doing this yeah. show? uh since we're 19 years wow unbelievable yeah so brand's getting up there in age but he's still <laughs> along with the rest of us but yeah he's he's been a great map league analyst for most years in spite of his he had a couple of hits and misses like when he and he put Jack, Zach Jackson as a number one prospect at the time. <laughs> but, uh, Nate, that Nathan Kirby pickup never really panned out either, but that's all right. Um, yeah. Can't all be Craig, I do have a, I do have a note here from Scott's intern stating, asking, um, saying that we do have a question from one of our listeners. This, this uh, is a question posted on social media and the, the poster actually sent this as a private message according to Scotty's intern and it is from Tom Carter is Tom C or Tom T Carter or Tom C Tom Carter and uh he said have you actually heard of the Brewers front office doing any uh having any active conversations regarding trade still during spring training do you think that there could be the possibility that the Brewers are not done and that they are considering trading uh, for actual talent instead of selling off players. Sincerely yours, Tom Carter. Please do not say my name on the air. I'm out. Right. Well, TC, I appreciate the question, Tom. Um, well, I, like I said, we, we mentioned a couple of podcasts ago that really with the signing of Miley and it seemed like we had a really nice deep rotation that maybe it was in the works that we could flip someone like Eric Lauer um who's really coming to his own for maybe a, a nice middle of the order or bat or a young bat or something but since that time it's been also revealed that Aaron Ashby will not be ready probably at the very least to pitch until the middle of May uh so I don't think that we currently have the the starting rotation depth to get rid of Lauer um obviously we could use guys to get by but I don't know if we want to go into the Jason Alexander, actually Jason Alexander is injured too. But you know, what I mean, like yeah, just yeah. dipping into, you know, having a bunch of stars of Ethan Small or something like that. But um, yeah, so unfortunately, TC, I, I don't see. There's usually not too many big trades happening. It's more of like roster crunch type trades that happen at this time of year. But you never know. Um, so we, we shall see. Uh, I should also mention the the Brewers also gave a non-roster invite um, to. Center fielder uh, Taylor Na uh, Naquin, formerly of the Indians and the Mets. Um, so there's that. Again, a little bit more depth for our outfield. Um, and, and again, I, I know that there were some thoughts that Tyrone Taylor was going to get a lot of playing time in one of the outfield corners um, or even in center field. But with if Voight makes a team, I think a lot of that bats were earmarked for Winker to, at DH. Perhaps he'll just play more in the outfield. Um, and then Voight will get more at bats at DH if he doesn't make the team. I'd really like to see yeah. Hira or Voight make some, you know, get a lot of at bats if they make if they, either of them make the team at DH, and maybe Winker hopefully is healthy enough to play in the field some. Um, and there's some other options. Even Brian Anderson, another one of our signings, could play some corner outfield, and you know, so uh, we'll see. I, I think that we're gonna give some young guys some opportunities, and hopefully, Kevin Hira is still one of those guys we consider someone who deserves some opportunities and some at bats. And we'll see what we'll see how the spring shakes out. I think it'll be a more interesting spring than we've had in quite a few years. It feels like the last couple of seasons going into the spring training, we really had a lot of our rotation and our starters kind of locked down. There weren't that many battles going on. This really feels like a free-for-all for a lot of open spots and for at bats and roster spots on teams. So that can only be uh, an exciting and possibly a good thing to see if someone emerges. Um, 
or which players emerge to actually make the roster. So um, it's still an exciting time of year going into spring training. So thanks again for tuning in, all of our Brewer fans and Brewer Review listeners. Um, thanks again. Yeah, for- let me let me just. Uh, sorry, Craig, to, to interrupt again, but I just wanted to throw out uh, our email address and contact info one more time. Uh, any more questions like Tom's today, uh, feel free to contact us at group review podcast with an S at gmail.com. Um, we still hope to have a couple guests on some of our future episodes as well. Should have some news about that soon. And, and along with uh, Brandon's upcoming uh, minor league analysis show. Um, and you can also follow us on Twitter, as always, Brew Crew Review 1 on Twitter. We do like to interact with uh, fans on there. In fact, we had a lot of interaction this week, Craig. I, I don't know if um, Scotty's intern got you the reports, but we had we had uh, several tweets that got a lot of traction. In fact, um, let me just pull up some numbers really quick as we're signing off here. But um, first of all, we're over 2,200 followers right now, which is great. We've picked up... Uh, I think 400 some new followers in the last couple of weeks. Um, so that's exciting. So thank you for all of our, our newest followers. Um, and we, we do, we, but, do have to get, we do have some accolades to Scott's Vegas interns that they're really coming through with pumping up our social media numbers. And I, I'm just going to be honest. I do very little of that. I don't even have my own yeah. account or anything like that, but, um, but I mean, the, we do have the Brooke review one and I just want to thank some of his interns. Thank you, Sapphire and Ginger for um yeah. providing that the, the pumping those numbers up for us that's that's great so yeah no that is great and we do appreciate their efforts especially gingers but um one of the one of the tweets that was uh, put out there was a tweet tweet that a fan sent us one of our fans of our show and it's got mark adonacio's head transposed on the body of rachel phelps the indians owner from the movie major league and <laughs> uh that and it says you guys think uh from the clubhouse and we'll put that out there again but they got 6,323 people interacting with that tweet <laughs> and uh another one that we put out there about uh the brewers front office having some frustrating moments going back to the josh Hader trade and we we put out something that basically indicated that no corbin you are not the reason that's it was in support of Corbin Burns basically saying that, no, Corbin, you're not the reason why we didn't make a playoff. That goes back to the front, like the lack of offense, the front office being idiots and trading Josh Hader. Well, well, in first place, that tweet got 325 likes, which is great. 24 people commenting, 35 retweets, and 16,900 people interacting with the tweet in some way, shape, or form. So That's our our funny. social media is definitely picking up some steam. So, yep. So yeah, thanks again to Anastasia and to Cherry, and uh, yeah, all all of Scott's interns this month have really stepped up. It seems like they have a lot of free time during the day. So I mean, yeah, I, we really appreciate that that social media presence and those and everything. Yeah, if only they could dog sit. So again, Brooker View. <laughs> again, their next assignment is going to be a tough one, but that's to get Scott Bartell to love the Milwaukee Brewers again and. And uh, I know that they have they can have influence over him. So I, I, I'm w- really counting on Scott's interns to come through for us and all of our fans yeah, and listeners, definitely. So, all right. Well, all right. all right. Hope springs eternal in spite of all this. And, uh, yeah, so stay classy, Indeed. Maryvale, and go Brewers. Go Brewers, guys. Let's have a good season. Do, 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 do.